Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with State Corporate Training. Thank you to Craig Hass and his team for their ongoing support of the Collisions YYC podcast. Leadership, a term that conjures up everything from images of the hard charging Hollywood portrayal to the introverted, quiet CEO who emerges from their office with a magical path forward for the organization. No matter what comes to mind for you, I guarantee it'll be different than it was pre pandemic. After the past 18 months, the demand on leaders at all levels of the organization has changed. No longer can you rely on technical expertise alone. People on your team need you to be more human, and more importantly, human in a way that matters to them. Through my interviews with the team at SAIT, I was introduced to a more balanced approach to leadership, one that was truly a game changer for me and my perspective around what it is to be a successful leader. They call it the six leadership intelligences. Adaptability, emotional, collaborative, social, psychological, and digital intelligences. At first blush, aside from a couple, you may be asking yourself, wait a minute, what do these have to do with leadership? I'm here to tell you everything. We live in a world with a rapidly changing landscape that requires the need for human connection that has never been more important. How can you manage change if you are unable to create deep, safe, and meaningful connections with people around you? Simply put, you can't. Whether it's an entire organization, a division, a field office, or a small team, if you're not equipped with the intelligence you need, all the smarts in the world won't bring a group of people together to make the opportunities and challenges facing your organizations today. SAID is here to help you and your teams put together a package to put the skills in place for a safe, inclusive, and high-performing culture. To find out more about what they can do for you and your organization, please check them out at sait.ca slash corporate training, or better yet, open up your email and contact Craig Hess directly at craig.hess at sait.ca, that's H-E-S-S. He would love to chat with you and walk you through your needs and how they can put together a solution for you and your team. A warm collisions, YYC welcome to Miss Leah Sarich. How are you, Leah? I am great. This is fun. Uh, isn't it? I am honored <laughs> to be 23-year Calgary, the face, the voice, oh, City TV, A channel. I went, I creeped on your LinkedIn. It's As like, you should, yeah. You were on you were on all the you were on all the stations at one time or another. I was in this city for a while. Yeah. I've been on at least City TV and A channel. Yeah, no, 23 okay. years in the biz, 20 of which were were in the city of Calgary, yeah. And you are now head of story at Thin Air Labs. I am, yeah. How long have you been in this role? Uh, I started on the very first day of lockdown. Can you imagine? That's March a great, 2020. great time to start a new yeah, role. Yeah, it was great. And do a big career pivot and figure it out all online. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, unite at home alone by myself. Right. With, uh, and a whole series of like, what the heck is actually going on in the world? That's so, so true. Anyways, let's not turn this into a lockdown conversation because <laughs> yeah. I, I think we all uh, want to leave that behind us. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, this will air in a little bit. And hopefully, when it does air, we're not back into another lockdown. So, anyways, let's Fingers not, crossed. Let's, let's not, Fingers yeah, crossed. Let's not timestamp this, this okay. thing too much. So, you're at Thin Air Labs. Yes. And um, we've had a great conversation with James Lockery, which, you know, we're going to have maybe people have listened to, but if they haven't, give us in your words, what's a, what's a Thin Air Labs? So, Thin Air Labs, and it was so fun because they brought me in to write this story, to tell this story. <laughs> awesome. And, and you know, it's a really complicated story. And so, it took us a while to figure out how to describe what it is we do. And we came up with the term an ecosystem studio. So it's kind of like a new type of venture builder. So we like to support many ventures in the ecosystem, as well as our critical ecosystem partners, and then the innovation ecosystem itself. So the idea is that, you know, the rising tide lifts all the boats. So there's so much work to be done in this space in Calgary, in Alberta, and the world, frankly, that we want to bring everybody together and do all the work together. I love it. Um, is there any risk that the word ecosystem gets thrown around a little bit too much these days? I'm sorry, I'm throwing it no. right, I'm throwing it right back at you because it is it is one of like pivot. 
Ecosystem. Pandemic. Exactly. These are the words of the last of the last eighteen months. Mm. It's so true, and it does, and, it, and we worry about that sometimes for it be, becoming a buzzword and losing that essential meaning. But really, it is it is a useful word to describe what it is we do and how we work because it's really about relationships and connectivity. Mm. And so for us, that's so important to how we work and how we build relationships and how we partner with the founders that we work with. So we still feel it is a useful word for us to describe what it is we're trying to do. No, and, I, and I, I don't disagree. It's just, you know, something, words get pushed into these categories. You know, like, they do. Oh, the corporate swear jar of like, oh, if you say, if, if you use that word again, we're going to make you pay a dollar kind, kind, so of, kind of mindset. But if you truly are able to execute on it, that's the power. So curious, you came into this, you've mm-hmm. been involved in in communications and media. What is the, What was it to discover this world? And I know you and I have chatted a little bit offline, yeah. so I'm cheating a little bit here. No, of course. In the sense that, you know, you said like, wow, I lived in this world where I was telling the stories about what's happening in the city, but I had no idea of this almost like, I'm going to call it a subculture, which is now becoming more mainstream. But how is that even for you, like stumbling in going, whoa, wait a second, what? What just happened here? Is this, well, that's exactly what happened. So uh, we were laid off in September of 2019, I guess it would be. Yes. Uh, Many members of the team and myself and then our colleagues across the country, except for Toronto, you know, as it happens. And um, (laughs) so, so it was that opportunity to figure out, well, what am I going to do next? And, um, you know, the television landscape was changing dramatically and I had already done 23 years and let's be clear, I was hosting a morning show, so I was very tired. (laughs) So Let's, getting up at 3.30 right, in the morning isn't exactly. all, all it's cut up to be yeah. every day. I loved the work so, so much. And uh, it was so great to connect with Calgarians every morning and have the honor of being in their homes every morning. Um, but I was also really tired and it was time to take a break. And But what that allows you to do is sort of think to yourself, what could I do next? Could I do something completely different? And so I started having lots of conversations with people in the city. And, you know, I was still doing events around town. And so I was doing an event at the university. And uh, Crystal Phillips showed up. And she's our health lead at Thin Air Labs. And I had actually interviewed her on the show many times. She's a lovely human being. Well, we do of, live in the biggest small town ever, right, which is right? like We've one talked of Calgary's superpowers. This. I love it. I say it all the time because it's true. It's so true. It's a small town gone big. And uh, <laughs> so I actually connected with her at this event. Event, and she said, you know, what are you going to do now? And I was like, well, I just don't know. I'm going to have all these conversations and figure out what feels right. I said to her, the one thing that is important to me at this stage in my career and in my life is to do something that's meaningful and that aligns with my values. And she said, you know, have you heard of Thinner Labs? And I said, no, not at all. And she said, let's have a coffee. And that's how it started. And so we started having lots of coffees and lots of conversations. And then I went to their launch event in January of 2020. And that was the tipping point for me. It was just like, whatever this is, I need to be a part of it because this is resonating with me in a huge way. Um, it was really about that meaningful impact, you know, and, and creating a new city with new energy and new ideas and getting that charisma that Calgary had when I moved here 20 odd years ago. I, I miss that. And it's time for it to be reimagined and to do this again. And Thinner Labs had the best plan to do that. Uh, and it certainly felt like something I had to be a part of. Oh, that's very cool. Isn't that what we all want? Like that, yes. like that, like, oh, the, 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 the moment. Yeah, completely. The stars align and the light shines down. Uh, curious, maybe a personal question, but 23 years and all of a sudden you use the words very clearly, got laid off. So yeah. that means it was someone else's idea. It wasn't yours. Correct. And I think a lot of people in the city have experienced that. And, yes. it's, and it's not anything to take lightly. And, no. you know, and if you're in, in the energy sector in the old days, old days, whatever that means, you could go across the street because there was other opportunities. That's right. You get laid off now. You know, you're a 20 year engineer applying for tech jobs. You're applying for, you know, yeah. I mean, like technologist jobs in the oil sector that are 
10 years below where you're at just because there isn't that abundance. For you, was that like, was it freedom or was it a little bit, was it a bit of a like, oh, geez, oh, wow. Like, well, was, was there some of those moments? <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, Tyler, I was actually starting to explore other opportunities because I was at a place where I was like, holy spokes, I'm feeling really tired and I don't know how much longer. Okay, so the tired thing is real. Okay, so that I got is like it. for okay. real. So I was starting to explore other opportunities. Um, and then when we were all laid off, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's somewhat serendipitous. Now, to be very, very clear, I'm an insanely optimistic person. So I- I picked up on the vibe. <laughs> I, 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 you know. <laughs> so I could almost see like the good in anything. And, and um, that so- That is a superpower right it there. It is by, a superpower. I swear it's a superpower. So I channeled that into this moment. But there's no question that I empathized deeply with so many people that have had this experience, but then maybe weren't in a place where they could be so optimistic. Um, I was lucky, you know, I've got a husband and and I've got kids that were all looked after and we were all okay. So, you know, I had the, the ability to be grateful for the opportunity to try something new. So I, I really appreciate that. And, yeah. and life is how you look at it. And, and sure. again, I'm not minimizing because sometimes when that yeah. left hook comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, everything's great. And, you know, you know, when did you know you're in trouble? It's like when I woke up on my back knowing what the heck just, what the heck just, just happened. Yeah. And I think that's happened to a lot of people, you For know, sure. not to take that lightly in Calgary, some of the numbers and of the amount of people that have been dislodged from an employment perspective. Absolutely. And it, you know, the oil industry is, you know, it's not going away, but it's not going to replace those jobs. So to see things like what's happening here at Thin Air Labs and creating these opportunities in all kinds of sectors. Absolutely. And that gets me really excited. I love the word Thin Air Labs. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I was talking to James and he said, literally, like, we expect people to come in here. Like, we have this big office because we want you to come in and get involved. Yeah. And get, be, be part of the energy to steal. And, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> it's just sitting there. I had, I, had I, I had to pick it up. So for you, it wasn't really necessarily a reskilling. It was more just becoming aware of what else, what else was what actually else was going on there. in the city. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny when I started talking with Crystal uh, and Jim Gibson, one of our partners at Thin Air Labs about the opportunities in technology and innovation in the city, I would say to them, I said, you know, I worked in television telling stories in this city and I had no idea that this sector existed. I had no idea that we had these incredible entrepreneurs in this city that have built these massive companies. So why aren't we telling these stories? What is going on here? Because if I had known that, and it wasn't just me, I mean, I'm talking about all the producers, all the shows, and all my colleagues at the other stations. You know, I'm like, why aren't we telling more of these stories? Because these are incredible stories of hope and optimism and innovation and, and new ideas. And so I thought, we need to tell more of these stories. So that's what I was really attracted to when it came to Thin Air Labs, certainly was telling those stories and helping the general public get their head around what this means. Like, what is innovation? What is tech? Because I don't think people really appreciate that, myself included. I mean, I remember going to these guys and saying, listen, I don't really understand technology, nor do I understand like venture capital and entrepreneurism. Are you sure you want somebody like me? And they were like, perfect. This is exactly what we need. Someone that can say, I don't understand what you're talking about, or we need to figure out a different way to tell the story. Well, speaking in plain language is amazing skill. And the more right? technical oriented you become, the harder that sometimes is. Exactly. So since you are my, my expert and I've got you in the chair right now, not chained in, but you're here behind the microphone. What do you think is the gap with the, with the media community? You're now the face and the, and the voice of it, but your, your opinion of why those stories, is it just wasn't shiny enough? It didn't fit a certain narrative that we were trying to tell at, on the quote unquote six o'clock news or the, or the 6am news. Right. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on, because now I'm assuming you're reaching out now to your colleagues Absolutely. in the sector going, Hey, I've got some great stories. Is there an interest now? Is are we starting to get yes. an appetite for that stuff? Yeah. So the interest is growing. And okay. I think a lot of that has to do with sort of the community and the world, frankly, going, okay, we got to figure out what's next. 
right? So yeah. there's, there is a, an openness and a willingness to explore new ideas, certainly, okay. in that okay. space. But I actually think the innovation community, and I've looked into this a lot, and I started to do some research, and I realized, you know, there's a language barrier, um, and so I, I find in, in innovation, there are sort of three separate languages that are being used all the time. You've got the venture capital language, you've got business language, and then you've got tech language. So those are three separate languages that are being used that all have their own acronyms and their own buzzwords. Oh, and all, a death by acronym, yeah. Right, exactly. Acronym, thank you. And so there's all of these words floating around that nobody understands outside of that community. And so I think mm. there's a barrier to understanding, which makes it really difficult to tell stories. So that is sort of a... Common Personal. language is so critical, right? Right, mm. it is. It's a common language, and I feel like that's something we really need to work on in the innovation community: is getting that language, getting it easy to understand. Because if you don't understand something, you're not going to care about it, right? Well, it's not relevant. It doesn't matter to me. Exactly. So, what does this mean for me? And you and I chat a little bit about this, as you know, as someone who chose to become interested, but also as a mom and mm. also an active member of our community. Yeah. We want to see success, and we've all seen the stats about, geez, you know, our our youth are moving away because they don't think there's opportunities here, and in some cases there there isn't. So you know. I'm assuming there's an underpinning of that for you now of also just being like, I'm a member of this community and I, and quote unquote, uh, you're passionate about it. Yeah, I really am. And that's one of, that was one of the big passions. That was one of those, you know, meaningful alignments that I was looking for, which was that I need to fix this economy for my kids and all the kids and all the future kids, because there needs to be opportunities here. There needs to be a reason for our kids to stay here or to go away to university or explore their other opportunities and to come back. Right. Right. And so going away and coming back is part of that journey too, yes, I think. Like let's not get too worried about them going away. That's yes. where you learn and you grow and then you bring and you bring that you leave the village back. and you bring back the education and then you share it around the fire with everyone else. Exactly. But I thought we've got to have something here for them to come back to. Right. Mm. We have to build something that's exciting, that's got a future for our kids and for all the kids. So that was really motivating for me. And for you for you, is that that common language? Like from your perspective of, you know, being in media, I'm assuming you also had an audience, right? You had people mm-hmm. that followed you and kind of probably moved around and followed you from channel to channel. Yeah, yeah. So when you think about that audience, is that the common language that we're talking about here that, yeah, forget about, is it a seed round? Is it a series A? Yeah. Is it a series B? Yeah, yeah. We're going to create opportunities. They're going to create jobs that are going to allow people to scale and build wealth and stay in this amazing city. Like to me, that, I think most of us can understand that. Yes. And that's the language that we need to start to adopt in this community. And so everybody needs to understand. So as a journalist, we we always ask the question, why do I care about this? Right? So if you can't tell me why I care about this really quickly, then I, I don't care. I'm <laughs> not going to listen. Then I don't, guess what? I don't care. Precisely. Right? Yeah. So that's why we have to get these stories out there in a way that people can understand and understand what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my children? Right? Mm. What does this mean for the future of my city? So we need to answer those questions and we need to do so in an easy and accessible manner. So I get really passionate about that. And who's, um, you're, you're definitely my expert right now. So, so but who's, <laughs> whose responsibility is that? Because I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a startup. I'm a small, I'm super busy. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I don't have time to tell yeah. my story because you know, I, I, I'm doing what I, what I do. What channels or I guess any thoughts from your perspective, because you very much lived in the TV mm-hmm. world. That's only one channel. That's when you right. think about social, you think, wait, us sitting here right now on a yeah. podcast, what do you see as the best way to get to these audiences that maybe aren't hearing this story? Is it getting on mainstream media yes. as, as well as other things? Yes. All of the things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of the things, right? Because it's such a shift in thinking that we need to use all of the channels available to us. So whether it's social media, whether it's credible uh, news sources like television, the newspapers, but it's 
also just in the conversations around the dinner table mm-hmm. or at the dinner party or at the soccer pitch with the soccer moms. Like it needs to be there as well. Right. So we all have a responsibility to tell these stories. And, you know, certainly at Thin Air Labs, I try to work with our ventures and help them sort of use that language that's a little bit more accessible. I help them try to feel a bit more comfortable telling these stories. But then I'm working with media outlets as well and saying, hey guys, like we need to tell some more of these stories. Can we get some, you know, interest in this area? Can we do this? You know, I've even worked with Platform to set up a grassroots sort of media relations organization so that a lot of the tech companies can share ideas and get some key messaging out there and and figure out how we can sort of optimize some people that are friendly in in the in the media space well, to get more I've of always heard make told. it easy for them too. Yeah. Like, you have to. Because media people are looking for stories. Well like, and literally be, every day, right? They really are. But they're also, just like entrepreneurs, incredibly busy and yeah. overloaded, right? Like let's not forget that newsrooms have been downsized over and over and over again over the years. So we do. We need to make it really easy for them as well. So I really feel like that's an easy space for me to help, right? Because I understand the media side of it, how you know we're getting inundated all the time, but we have so little time to exit execute on these stories and and yet from the venture side too right you know we've got these great stories to tell but how do we do that how do we get these out there so i'm really happy to, to so, operate yes, i've in that always space. been told like make it really easy for yes. media to pick up your story 100 make your talking points clear making your the what why should i care like don't bury it it's the first line because they're not going to read more than the first line no, even won't. if they read the first line yeah yeah like a venture will i'll be working with a venture and they'll send me this lovely press release and i was like yeah just lose this whole page like nobody's gonna it, read it anyway yeah i was taught earlier on don't bury the lead. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Journalism called the lead for 101. a reason, put it like right at the top and yeah. so much. And and you and I talked a little bit about even the, the skills required to do these different things. Yeah. You know, the te- deep technical skills is required. And a lot of what we're dealing with today is a very deep technology base, but that ability to connect and tell stories is sometimes the, you know, quote unquote, oversimplified, the other part of the brain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It gets sometimes devalued. You're like, oh, well, you know, as a marketer, I don't know how many times I've, and I, in a city run by engineers and accountants, like, ah, oh, that's not important. We just got to give them the facts. We're going to give them an eight page, you know, deck with like eight point font. I'm like, no, nope. they're not going to read it. Cause don't forget they're still humans. Yes. Even if they're engineers. Sorry, yes. I'm going to get a little hate mail for that. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what you're saying, I think is that there needs to be, um, a sort of a common language and an understanding of what it is we're talking about, right? And so if you're speaking in that language that nobody understands, then again, there's just that connection isn't being made, right? There isn't that understanding of why do I do need to care? Why do I need to care about this? How is this important to me? What would impact my life? if I cared about this, right? How would my life change? So yeah, you're absolutely right. We need to figure out how to tell those stories in that accessible way and speak that language that we all understand. Yeah, the closer you are to something, sometimes the harder it is to do that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's why we have to practice. It's a skill. <laughs> yes, We do. Is. Like, you know, I'm running these media relations sessions with our team. Okay, let's just practice this again. Let's do this over and over again to get you comfortable. Yeah, so me, that media trainings are media trainings a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it is for sure. Do you for you know on your quest and you know your eighteen months or how many months in you're, mm-hmm. you, you can just you, you and the pandemic are neck and neck here when it comes <laughs> to how long you've been here. Do you look at other markets? Is there other areas kind of North America globally that you look to? You know, there's lots of ecosystems and tech environments that are significantly more advanced than we mm-hmm. are. That also is what gets us excited because we have, we have this cool opportunity because yeah. it's about to happen here. Yeah. Do you look at other markets and really see how they've done it? And is it more just that 
they've been doing it longer, so it's more universally embraced. Like, where do you get your inspiration? Well, you know, it's funny. James Lockery and I were just talking this morning about Austin and how it's a really similar sort of vibe, right? You know, it's this sort of little bit of a liberal, like Calgary could be this little bit of a liberalish sort of enclave in a more conservative environment. And, you know, we don't need to get into politics, but just this idea that we're trying to do something a little different here than sort of the mainstream sort of historical, economical you know, situation, right? Like we're trying to do something a little different here. So I actually think Austin is a great example to look toward and to learn from. So yeah, much more research needs to be done in that space. We're all unique, but we're not the first to try Correct. to solve these problems. And I think it's good to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beg, exactly. borrow and steal ideas wherever <laughs> <Exactly>. you can. Exactly. <laughs> that worked over there. Okay, great. Let's try it here. There's always going to be a slight shift, but yeah, yeah. Some, when you're starting with a blank sheet of paper, inspiration right? can, is welcomed. And <laughs> you know, one of the things that I love so much that I've learned in the innovation space is this idea of, you know, just trying something seeing if it works. If it doesn't work, try something else, you know? And there's just sort of like this, there's this lack of, of, of fear when it comes to failing, right? It's just part of the journey, right? And I love that thinking. That is so liberating. I can understand how that just sort of sets you up to create new and exciting things. So you just give it a shot. doesn't work. Try something else. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's very different when you like come up with the five best ideas or like, let's just come up with a bunch of ideas and see how they work. Like it means right? it changes how your brain works yes. in terms of like the art of the possible versus like, oh, this has to be good. Yes. Two hours later, you've got no ideas because you're, right. you're filtering them out before you even let them come to life. Precisely. You know, you lose this idea of perfection and just try it and iterate from there. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It sounds like a lot, like a lot of fun. So what's on your, de- what's on your radar right now? You guys, you guys, how many ventures do you guys have that are on board right now? I know you're uh, growing and you've got a yes, lot going on. We're always but, growing. Yeah, yeah. We've got 24 in the portfolio. As soon as nice. we 26, uh, nice. it's very exciting. And yeah, so we're always working with these ventures and we're always trying to help them tell their stories and, and try to help people understand why they should care about them. And, you know, it's, it's so funny. You've been talking to my kids about this. They're always like, mom, what do you do now? And I'm like, well, <laughs> and mom was on TV. That was pretty easy, yeah. right? Yeah. So they got that. Oh, there she is. They would always have, you know, they'd be getting ready. There's mom. There she is. So they know what they could see me every yep. morning. Um, but now they're like, mom, what do you do? And I said, well, actually today, guys, I'm going to go record a podcast. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. And I was like, yeah. But then, you know, on another day, I have to, well, I'm just working with some ventures today and we're going to work on their media relations or we're going to, I'm going to write a blog post about this venture or this, you know? And so they're kind of like, oh, well, it's not as exciting. I was like, but it's kind of cool. And they were like, well, what is that space? And so I had to actually, and you know, they're, you know, an 11 and 13 year old, they're great examples, right? In terms of how to practice, right? <laughs> Let's practice. And with they're them. also not going to pretend they know. <laughs> Correct. They're just going to tell you flat out they don't yeah, get what you. Mom, you're... what are you talking about again? And it's good because you have to. <laughs> you sounds have... like a tough crowd. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds kind of scary. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> That's what they do. The preteen and the teenager, they can be a little scary. But they're, <laughs> but they're really, it's great. You know, that's the sounding board you need, right? You have to tell them this idea and say, okay, so I was telling my girl, my, my daughter said to me the other day, mom, I need to get some new soccer cleats. And I was like, okay, that's great. And then she said to me, she goes, well, what company's better, Nike or Adidas? And I was like, well, actually we have a portfolio company that can help you with that. And they're called Arbor. And she was like, well, what's that about? And I was like, well, they've got this really cool sort of browser extension. We can put it on Amazon. And when we're looking on there, they'll tell us how sustainable that company is. And then we can make a buying decision that aligns with our values. And she was like, mom, that's really cool. And I was like, okay, success. (laughs) You made it it relevant to your audience. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's just a, a classic example of what we mean by how does this relate to me? Why do I need to care about this? Okay, well, I just related it to my 13-year-old. So there you go. 
Again, tough audience. Yeah. So uh, I've heard of Arbor. That's uh, I love how you summed that up so quickly too. What what other like what stories are you working on right now? Like let's get into the real nuts and bolts of it. Let's let's do let's do the thing. Let let's tell oh, yeah. us, let's tell some stories well, about okay, these ventures. Okay, so here's what we did yesterday. We recorded a webinar for our funding catalyst team. So you know, Thin Air Labs has a services side as well, right? So we've got the investment side of our business, but we also have the the services side. And and so one of the cool services that we have is called the funding catalyst service. Okay. And so yesterday we hosted a webinar uh, on that uh, specifically in the health space. So our funding catalyst team is made up of three people right now, soon to be four. And one of whom is, is Dr. Katie Green. And, and she's got a real, she's a scientist by nature, by her background, her PhDs in science. And, and so she has got this incredible ability to help write grants and help ventures, mm-hmm. health ventures specifically, understand how to get that perfect match between the funding program and what it is they are trying to do and what they need. So we talked about that yesterday, just in a webinar, for example, yesterday. So. Which that that whole world, there's so much to be accessed, but it's a skill to get it. Yes, it and is. if you're a, if you're a startup or you're or an early stage venture, you've got so much going on. That's a full. That's a. I've heard that's literally like an eighty percent time job for somebody to do that. For mm. sure, and you know, and that's a classic example of what we do at Thin Air Labs. You know, we talk about being founder first all the time, but there's a lot of talk in that space. Like, what does that really mean, right? Mm-hmm. So. Here's an example, right? We, we saw, we were listening to our founders and not just the ones in our portfolio, but the whole community, the whole ecosystem. And they were saying, you know, we just don't have time to fill out these grants and, you know, or, you know, I don't know if this grant is a good fit for us. Like, I'm not sure if that's, you know, that money's actually good money for us. And, and we said, well, you know, we can help with that. We've got lots of expertise in this space. And the next thing you know, just by listening to the founders and the ventures in the portfolio and in the community, we realized, actually, this is a service that is needed. And we can do this. And we can do it in a way that makes sense for entrepreneurs. Well, that's the difference of also being a true partner. And that's another word that gets thrown around mm-hmm. versus just being an investor. Yeah. I gave you money and you have yeah. to meet X milestone by X day. But, you know, listening to James talk and his passion about like, we are partners and they're going to run the business. We're there to support them, help them. He's the parent and grandparent kind of <laughs> analogy, which is great. They're the parent. They are the, raising the business. Absolutely. I'm the grandparent that can come in and maybe give the advice, but eventually step away because that's yes. not my place, but I'm there to, with their best interest in mind. And that's, Absolutely. again, it's an easy thing to throw around. It's an easy thing to put into talking points or a headline, right? For sure. Right. Actions speak louder than words, right? <laughs> they do. They mm-hmm. really do. And so we really try to actually do the work, right? And that's why we call ourselves an ecosystem studio because we're actually doing the work. We're going to lean in. We're going to get into the weeds with these founders. We're going to listen and build relationships and understand what they need help with and then help them and then set them up for success, you know, in that grandparent kind of way and let them go on their own. Mm. Have you seen kind of in your time here, because that's maybe not a fit for everybody. Sometimes I just want your money. Right. I know better. Yeah. Founder founder syndrome is a real thing. I've got all the answers versus I've had a lot of people on the show that have been like, Hey, I I don't want to, I don't, I I need the money, but I need advice. I need recommends. I need introductions. I need to know where the landmines are for someone who's gone down that road before. So with the 20, 24, soon to be 26 companies you got, are they all Alberta based? Uh, No, most of them are. Okay. Most of them are, but not all of them. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and again, I'm getting into pushing into the stats now out of the 24, like how many would you speak with to end up at that 24? Oh, lots. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. it's a, it's a steady flow steady of stream. conversations. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really about fit, right? You know, we're, we're, we, we speak often about uh, working with future fit companies. Um, and that means lots of things to lots of people. But for us, it really is this idea of, you know, what kind of impact is this company going to create? Because, you know, the Thinner Labs mission is about creating, you know, massive human impact, right? So we want to work with companies that have a similar focus. Um, and we also want to partner 
partner closely with the founder. So sometimes, you know, a founder may not be interested in that, right? And yep. that's and that's fine. So that's not a good fit Everybody, for us. Everybody's allowed to be into different things. Exactly, right? And so that's just not a fit. And that's great because there's other um, investors that will work better with them and that's wonderful. Um, but, you know, if you're all about creating impact, making the world a better place and to make money at the same time, that's what we like to do, both at the same time. Um, and if you're really looking to partner with some people that can help, then that's that's where we like to sort of move in that space. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Very consistent because James said the same, said the, said the same oh, good. thing. So you guys are on point. You guys, oh, good. You, you guys had your, good me your media training is on point. Okay, good. Because yeah, I'm thinking about your you're also having to market yourselves. Yeah. So, you know, is there a steady stream of people beating down your door or is, would you say there's still a lot of people that don't know that you guys are here as a potential, as a potential option? Cause you're telling everyone else's stories, yeah. but also people still need to find you too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I will say that, you know, since I've joined the last year and a half, a lot more people know who we are and what we're up to, which is great, but we still have tons of work to do in that space. Awesome job description check for you. <laughs> But we still have so much work to do. And, you know, I'm not the only storyteller on the team, right? Like our team is so incredible at telling the story of Thinner Labs and what it is that we're trying to do. And, you know, we're so well connected, specifically in Calgary and Alberta. But, you know, we've got connections and tentacles going out across the country now, which is really exciting because that's what we want to do, too. Is, yeah, is we're bring... not, our, our story doesn't stop at our borders, right? This is, Correct. This is a national, international, global story. Yes. In terms right? of opportunity, especially with the fund you guys are raising right now. Absolutely, right? I mean, you're talking about <laughs> a new way to build globally competitive companies. You know, it's just that they're going to start here in Calgary. And right. isn't that kind of counterintuitive and cool, right? It shouldn't be counterintuitive though. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> right. their whole narrative. I want to kick that narrative to the curb. Yeah. You're right. I totally yes. get it. Yeah. But we're so, goddamn do humble sometimes. Right. Oh, shucks, golly gee. Come oh, on. Look at We're awesome here. Yeah. You know, and again, a lot of people believe that. I don't want to paint that story. But so with, you know, having the audience that you've had over the years, are you, are, do you still connect with them? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're nameless faceless. You're like, no, sorry, you're on the TV. I'm nameless faceless as your audience. <laughs> I'm just watching. Yeah. But now this is such a two way world of communication with social media and yeah. like nobody's beyond reproach anymore. Everybody's. So are you having conversations with some of the people that were your, were your audience in mm -hmm. your, in your past life, yeah. in, in your TV life that are saying, yeah, this is relevant to me. And like, are you getting that kind of feedback? A little bit. Okay. I want a lot more. Okay. I want a lot more. Right, and shout, that's, shout out to more, more feedback. Right? Leah wants more feedback. Yeah. That's the work that I'm trying to do is get okay. the regular everyday people that are just living their lives in Calgary and yep. Alberta doing their thing. That aren't involved in the ecosystem. Correct. I'm trying to reach them as well because we all need to care about this future to make this work, right? So this isn't just about the innovation community doing what we're doing and, and speaking in silo to each other. This is about getting the entire city and the province and the country and the world, frankly, on board with what it is we're trying to do here. Yeah. And that's, that's when, when it becomes the top of mind, you said like the, the dinner conversation or the cocktail yes. conversation, like you're like, Oh, Hey, have you heard about this or what's going on? No, I don't know anything about that. Well, here's what I heard. I don't, I don't really know, but I heard it, you know, yes. I don't even know where I heard it. Cause these days we get drowned in sources of information. Exactly. <clears throat> and we all get it from different places. And we that's do. the challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I say things like, Oh, you know, there's like over 3000 tech companies in Alberta. People are like, what? Really? So we need to change that. Whereas, you know, when you're at a dinner party, say two, three years ago, oh, well, there, you know, we're, we've got the most, you know, head offices in Calgary, you know, in the country per capita. Oh yeah. So that's a stat people know, right? Well, we want to change that. So now we want people to saying, oh yeah, we've got all these tech companies here. And guess what? There's lots of jobs in this space. 
it's not only the stat, it's what it means to me. Like mm-hmm. to, your, to your point, like, oh, yeah. there's the most head offices. Okay, there's a lot of big companies here. What does that mean cool. to me if I'm not employed in that sector? It doesn't matter. It, it's right. not relevant. Back to what you said, like yeah. that relevance. And we all get inundated with so much noise. We've, we're excellent at filtering out all the stuff that doesn't matter to us. Yes. But second, it matters. And then, you know, hey, if I'm going to go look for blue cars today, I will find blue cars everywhere. <laughs> but it's only because I set that intention, that old joke. You know, yeah. like, oh my God, everyone, does everyone have a blue car now that I have one? <laughs> right. I used to say that when I was pregnant. I was like, is everybody pregnant? Or no, am I just seeing them now for the first time? <laughs> Get your, get your goggles on. How do we get more of that? Because you're right, it, it, it gives the opportunity for more people to get excited about different places they can get involved in different mm-hmm. places, You know, whether it's youth or people that have been forced into pivoting their career or just want to. Yeah. Forget about force. Like, hey, I've been doing something for 20 years. I'm excited about, I want to be on this AI bandwagon or I want to be on right. this the way data is being used or like the biotech, the health sciences sector. There's so many things in Calgary that I just don't get, hadn't been talked about because I think the big oil and gas story has been our story forever. That's just and it. And it's been a great story. And it's a great story. Still is, it still is a great story, and but there's is. other stories. That's right. And there's just more stories to tell. Yeah. Mm. And you know, it's funny, I talk about how, you know, in TV land is what I like to call it. When we were in TV land, you know, we would go, as you, I was saying earlier, it was so hard to tell these stories because we have so little time. Well, you know, in TV land, we would have all of the stock footage, you know, of the oil and gas and the pups and the rigs and all that kind of stuff. But now we need that stock footage of the tech companies and, you know, people working away and like, like that's just a classic one little example of how we could make that story a little bit easier to tell, right? So we need to get that sort of that foundations. We need to build those foundations of knowledge and of the hmm. tools make it easy and all to that tell stuff to make it easy to tell those stories. And that's very different than, you know, a picture of an oil and gas facility kind of comes to mind when you say mm-hmm. that. We've all seen the stock photos that get yes. run or the stock the stock video footage. <clears throat> but what's an interesting diverse group of people sitting around a table look like on a piece of stock photo to go, hey, look, there's there's startups doing startup things. <laughs> like it's not as obvious. Yes. Maybe that's it? why it's a harder story to tell too, because it, it looks sure. different every single time. It does. It does. And that's the thing that people don't realize. <clears throat> and I think, you know, you know, someone when I first got into the community, they said, people don't understand what it is that tech is. Like they just don't get how tech is in their lives. And they use this wonderful example of, well, like Netflix, that's tech. Or, you know, you jump in an Uber, that's tech. And I don't think people actually appreciate that that's what we mean when we say things like, tech. This is a tech company. You know, they just think of something like, AI. Hey, I don't understand. And that. the argument is not even a sector. It's actually an underpinning well, because you know, it's you, everything. It's like, how does precisely. technology influence construction? How does it influence healthcare? How does it influence your ability to get a ride somewhere? Exactly. <laughs> like I can't even, yeah. Like, like people everywhere. don't realize that technology is everywhere and that we're engaging with technology all of the time <clears throat> because there's this limited understanding of what we mean by tech. And also tech done well, you don't realize it. Precisely. Because you don't see it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, James and I joke, it's like tech doesn't mean, oh, there's a, there's a smart house because it has a, it has a screen on the wall yeah. and oh, it has an iPad. So it must, no, it's everything that's all interconnected to quote unquote, ultimately make your life better. Yeah. Because exactly. if it doesn't make your life better, it's, it failed at its job. That, well, right. We don't need it. Yes. Yeah. We don't care about then it. Then it's noisy tech. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, then it's like, oh yeah, your gadgety friend who has a gadget for everything. I'm like, <laughs> I think this actually doesn't do, but you love it. So that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's a different. We all have that friend. Come on. Totally. We, know, we know. We all know. And I am that person. Like, I really don't understand technology. Like I joke about this all the time. I'm here. I am. Makes your role even more awesome, doesn't right? It? <laughs> I'm like, I honestly have no idea how this works. So, like, I will say that over and again. Like, I still don't get it. No, no sorry, you got to do it one more time. I still don't get it. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I'm starting to understand it, and I'll do that. And I and I have to be totally comfortable saying I just don't understand what you're saying yeah. to me right now, because that helps me then understand what they're trying to do in a way that I can then communicate to everybody else. So I do that a lot. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Get, get a few eye rolls for some <laughs> engineers and oh, some yeah, computer science totally, people. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So 
you guys have a steady flow of of leads coming in. You're getting your stories out there. Mm-hmm. What's the best way? If people want to find you, is it just to go on their website? Yes. Like, I'm, I, that's obvious, but yep. And uh, and also, I know you guys are doing events all around town. Like, is yep. that part of your preview? Or are you are yep. you out pounding the pavement, telling yeah. the story? Can you imagine how cool this would be when like doing real people live in person events? And that would be so fun. I'm so looking forward to that time. Hopefully, by the time when this airs, safe. we're even farther this was behind us. Right, right. Today, when it's safe to do that, I can't wait. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, we're doing all kinds of virtual events, and and really, the website is a great way to reach out to us. There's all kinds of forms in there you can fill out or just like track us down on LinkedIn or whatever makes sense. Find me on social. Like we just want to hear from you, right? We want to connect with you. And even if you're not a venture or a founder, or you're just curious, like reach out because we want to help everybody understand this story. I also understand you guys are growing your own team as well, as far as we the, sure the Air Labs team. Yeah, we sure are. We sure are. We're growing our own team. So we've got job openings right now as well. And so many of our portfolio companies have job openings as well. So yeah, no, there's just so much opportunity. And you and I were talking about this beforehand. There's going to be opportunity for people who don't identify themselves as tech people yep. or innovation people. I never did, right? But there's going to be a lot more need for these kinds of people, you know, for the spaces in between, like Crystal likes to say, for the people that have some of these, you know, people use the word soft skills. I don't know if that's the best, you know, phrase, but this idea that it's the the idea that you need to build relationships and understanding and communicate and and have an ability to think maybe a little bit differently than everybody else on your team. Those are the people that you really need to scale some of these ideas, right? You need to help people understand, you know, like I've said many times, why we should care about this product or this service or this platform. Um, so there's going to be a need for all kinds of workers in this space, not just tech people. Well, it just makes sense when you think about as, as, a, as a sector, an industry or an area matures, it starts with, especially in, in the days we live in now, the very technical know-how. Mm-hmm. But then as it grows and these become entities, all of the other things that are required to make something function and grow, like the ability to tell stories, the ability to make abstract connections in a different way, kind of that left versus right brain or the analytical versus more conceptual. Like there's many ways to, to sum it up. Yeah. But as the, as, as the critical mass increases, you see more and more opportunities. And I heard someone, I had a guest on the show when he was talking about robotics in school and he goes, don't think that you have to be a robotics engineer, but but understand that you might have to work beside a robot yeah. at your workplace. Like, and he was using chefs, for example. He goes, your right. sous chef might be a robot or in a robotic automation. So he goes, you don't have to know how it all works, but you need to have enough knowledge or comfort with it because we're going to start sharing our world with all this. And I think that's an interesting way to maybe, oh, I'm not into technology. Like people kind of push it away sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, especially when we all went into, I'm not into Zoom and all this stuff. Well, we all got into it real quick because right? we had no choice. Yes. But understanding something and knowing how to, balance it out or have a relationship within your life doesn't mean you need to be a computer engineer. Mm. Absolutely. And also what I've learned in tech too, is that once you kind of get your head around one thing, well, it's going to change. The tech's going to evolve and it's going to change as something else. So you think you've got it, but actually it's going to change again. Well, right? yeah. Adaptability, resilience, curiosity, problem solving. Those are the skills. Because if you're an expert on something today, it'll be outdated in a, in a year. And exactly. that can be really scary. So we might as well just get on board with adaptability and resilience. Right. It's this idea of lifelong learning. Right. And you know, yeah, the 60 year degree kind of concept, which ex- I really like. Mm. Yeah. And, and I'm so passionate about that. I mean, I come from a family of educators and librarians. And so that's just how I've always thought. I've always been learning. And, and you know, as a journalist, you're always curious, right? Like good journalists are in, in exactly. We're just innately curious people. So I'm always curious about what people are doing and what they're working on and what's going on. Like my, <laughs> once again, my kids are like, mom, you're so annoying. You talk to everybody all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm always just really curious about 
about what people are doing. It's and a great what way to never be. About. It's a great way to never be bored. <laughs> right. What about this? How does this work? You yeah, know, sometimes exactly. you have to almost turn it off because you get I, you, too, you get too sucked into everything. <laughs> Seventeen do. new hobbies later, you're like, oh, oh I, I got too, too much going on. Oh my gosh, my head's gonna explode. Um, well, it sounds like you're in a perfect job then. No, it is right because I'm just learning all the time. But I have to. Like I'm like that. That's how my brain works. That's when I get excited and curious about things because I love to learn. And really, that learning mindset is so essential in this innovation space. And I actually think for the world, as we evolve and as we move forward and as we learn to adopt all these new te- new technologies, you mentioned Zoom, which is a classic example. You're right. We're going to have to be open to these new mindsets. And, you know, circling back to, to when we were laid off in TV land, there was an openness that I maintained to what might come next. And, you know, if I can offer any piece of advice to people in that situation, just be open to possibilities, open to what might be out there in something that might be completely out in left field. Like I never would have thought I'd end up in tech. Like when I say that to people, they're like, you got to be kidding me. You don't understand technology. I'm like, I know. But it's, but it's it's not about- Who who better than to tell the story to to an audience who's curious, but doesn't necessarily feel they have the tools to get, to absorb the information. Exactly. And it's refreshing to have someone say, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Can you help me understand? Just being comfortable enough to do that for some people is is, is like just getting over like don't pretend you know yes all you do is rob yourself from learning (laughs) well that's just it and and just be open to learning new things openness is such a wonderful quality and if you can be open to new ideas then who knows what opportunity is going to present itself Yes. Well, that's there. There's your, there, boom, there's our moment. We're going to put a pin in that. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show, oh, sharing clearly your passion and the excitement. I would say you're in the right role. You found your, you found, you found, you found your thing. And I look forward to seeing the stories that you're telling out about these amazing companies that you guys are working with and the ecosystem and like Calgary's on a great path. And you know, the more we tell the story, the more people will believe it. Agreed. Let's do more of it. More awesome. stories to tell. Thanks Absolutely. so much, Tyler. My pleasure. Thanks, Leah. 